Welcome to another edition of Huddle Radio. Today we're talking to Kurt Earl, the head coach of the football and track teams at Lincoln Christian High School in Nebraska. After 10 years as an assistant at Lincoln Christian, Earl took the reins himself last year. He wanted to tweak some things about the team's culture, and we chat about what he learned, how he got buy-in from his players, and balancing new ideas with already established ones. You're listening to Huddle Radio. Push play with Huddle. Coach, I, I really wanted to talk to you today you know, about culture and just how you've gone about creating that, how, how you've seen your mentors go about creating it. So I guess I'll start kind of broad and just, this is probably obvious, but just in your words, why is establishing culture such an important, important piece of building a successful program? Yeah, I think uh, we recently had Brian Kite in from Focus 3, whose company kind of made was made famous through Urban Meyer's book, Above the Line, at least famous with football coaches. One of the things he said that has really stayed with me when he was here a couple weekends ago was just the, the idea that culture is your culture is what drives strategies that lead to wins or lead to success. And you can define winning and success however you want to in your program, because I think it's more than just a scoreboard in every good program. But the culture is what makes that happen. And it's it's what are you doing to create a situation where you're driving behaviors that lead to your definition of success. So it's foundational. It's the first thing you've got to do. And that's what I've really been striving to do in my short time as a head coach, for sure. So you, you mentioned, you know, the scoreboard isn't all that matters, that there are other ways of, uh, of achieving success. What are some of those? And for you, maybe what's the most important one? Yeah, well, I think here at Lincoln Christian, we have a unique context because of our faith in Christ and because that's a key part for us. So we have a lot of things related back to um, growing in our faith and being more like Christ in our lives. But I think any program, regardless of uh, whether or not they're a Christian school, a, a Catholic school, what, whatever you might be, a public school, I think we can all agree that football is a great place to learn a lot of skills and character uh, traits that you need in life, You know, whether it be teamwork or understanding how to play your role and play your role well, whether you're thrilled with it or not, you know, those sorts mm-hmm. of things. I think, I think those are the things that every good program is striving to teach that go well beyond the scoreboard. And so for me, um, you know, we have the, the, the Bible is kind of an outline for that. Um, but I think all of us can unite under some common things that, that we would want to um, bring out in every player that goes through our program that, that go way beyond just winning and losing. Now, you mentioned that last season was your first as the head coach at Lincoln Christian, but you'd been there for, I believe, 10 years prior as an assistant. So when you get that promotion and you step in, and maybe you didn't have to make very many changes because you were so familiar with that system, but what's kind of the first step in establishing your culture and saying, okay, I'm the head coach now, you know, not not like my way or the highway or whatever, but just kind of establishing this is how things are going to be under me. Yeah, I think one of the hardest things for me, actually, was letting our players know that there were going to be some changes. And, and I got a chance to inherit a program that was very healthy in many ways. And and our head coach is my is still my boss. He's our AD and our, and our uh, high school principal. But, um, you know, there's still – I had to, to let people know things were going to be a little different. And I think even just in the way I communicated in the early emails to parents – and the types of 
uh, standards. I begin to try to very quickly get the guys to own and embrace, uh, set that, set that, set me apart, I guess I should, I should say as the new head coach that even though it was a very familiar face, there were going to be some new things. And then I had my own ideas and my own identity as a head coach that would be coming out, um, in the, in the future as, as we rolled forward together. So I imagine one of the the toughest things about making that transition is kind of towing that line between, you know, making changes, making the program your own, but not just changing everything overnight because, you know, there's got to be some familiarity for players or maybe other coaches that stuck around. You mentioned parents. So how do you find that balance between implementing your new processes and leaving some things familiar for those guys? Yeah, that's a good question. I think, I think I was able to carry over a lot of the basic foundational ideas, uh, the things that were most important to our program. Mm-hmm. And yet what one of the things I really tried to do well was bring some more clear definitions to some of those things, have better ways to articulate some of the things that were um, really good about our program that we we would all say, but maybe in our own way, we would be saying them and try to bring a, a common vocabulary to those things um, and try to uh, define our mission more clearly, even though it had always been um, discussed very openly, but to really to really define it um, with s- s- some more clarity and, and do some of those things to help move us forward, even though we were still carrying along some of those other things. So I think in that sense, it didn't feel so drastic, mm-hmm. but it felt like, oh, there's some newness here. There's some freshness. There's some, um, uh, my hope would be that people were thinking there's some clarity uh, that um, is good and right. And we're, we're excited for that as we step forward with a new coach. Can you give me an example of something that you felt you needed to bring more clarity to and you felt like you were able to do that this year? Yeah, I think I think just the most fundamental basic thing about culture. I think if you asked everyone in our football family what our mission as a team was, you'd get a lot of different answers that were relatively or basically the same. And so one of the things I I did was sit down and really write a mission statement that articulated those things. And for us, it has to do with pursuing the, our God-given potential and, and becoming like Christ in the process and building young men that are ready to go out and be ambassadors in the world. And, um, you know, really articulating that and, and trying to get people to um, see that and put that in front of people and defining success more clearly, uh, just so that those things were um, easier to communicate to one another and to kind of carry that banner and, and operate underneath that banner um, more than, than it was before. Now, maybe this is a little bit different for you because you were familiar with the program. You weren't necessarily coming into a new program, but I think that you can speak to it. How important is it to identify the influential players on the team and kind of maybe meet with them or or win them over early so the other guys will get in line and follow them? Yeah, hugely important. And I think you used a key word. You, you said influential and you didn't necessarily say leaders. And I think one of the reasons it's important to understand that is that bottom line is you got a 10%, 15% of your team that is influencing everyone. Mm-hmm. And, and that influence may not be quite like you would like it to be, or it might be, you know, and I think, I think we neglected this a bit in year one and in year two, this off season, we've identified those kids and they are in a group text message with me on the phone, on my phone, of course, and 
and I am communicating with them and through them a lot. A lot of times I put it on them to communicate something important to the team and they have to report back to me. What do your three or four guys that are in your unit that you're in charge of um, have to say, will they be able to come to this event? Are they going to be at lifting in the morning? Those kind of things. And I'm, and then I'm also going to be pouring into them. Uh, those eight guys are coming over uh, in the summer to my house uh, once a week. And we're going to do some training and really, really try to make sure that as much as we can, those eight guys um, are on the same page with me as much as possible. And that we're speaking as one voice in our own unique ways, not trying to kill their own uniqueness and their, their, their personality, but uh, speaking as one voice and representing one strong direction and building momentum in that direction. What was your process in identifying those eight guys? And so uh, I sat down with some coffee uh, with my assistant coaches and we said, who is directing this team? <laughs> and we, li- we went through the roster and we, we went through and, and said, these are people who have the most influence. And we didn't, we tried our very best not to worry about what grade they were going into, what position they played, how much they played the year before. Um, we just said, who are the influencers? And uh, over the course of about a 30 minute conversation, I think we had a pretty good list. And we started to move forward with that group of young men as the, the unit leaders this spring. And that will carry over into the summer as well. That's very cool. Uh, I think it's really interesting how you kind of, uh, you know, allowed those guys to take ownership of their position groups. You know, they were in charge of sending out texts and stuff. How important is it to give ownership to the players to make them feel like they're a part of the process? I think it's really important. And I think it's also important to figure out ways to do this well and to not turn the program over to the players. Um, they need to own it and they need to be a part of it. But also you're the coach for a reason. And, and again, referencing back to Brian Kite, you know, he, he would say, Kurt, you are the culture as the head coach. You're the one that has to set the tone. You have thought about this the most. You're the one that the school has put in position to do it. You're the culture. And the key for you is getting your players to buy in and be a part of it. And so I think that's hugely important, but at the same time, you know, the, the players, they aren't going to write the mission statement. They might give me feedback and I might adjust and use some more common or simple languages, especially in the verbs, you know, so that they know what we're really talking about um, uh, based on their feedback, but it's my job to set the direction. And so getting them to own it is a process of really selling it to them and helping them understand why the things are this way and why this is best. And then being willing to change when you really do see that you're, you're pushing in the wrong direction, but that's probably going to be more um, uncommon than common that that would happen. And the common thing you should be doing, I think, and this is my opinion based on, on, on some things, you know, from Brian Kite and from others, the common thing you should be doing is giving them our uh, opportunities to participate and leading in the direction that you have set as the head coach. Okay. At what point, did you really see the team start to buy into the new things that you were implementing, the, uh, the changes that you were making in some of the verbiage? I think we did. I think we saw good, um, good, good buy-in over the summer. Um, I think the tables really turned when we played Ashland Greenwood at home. And that would mean nothing to a lot of people that might be listening to this, but Ryan Thompson, one of my good friends, head of that head coach at Ashland Greenwood, um, they have always had a good team. They've beat us pretty good the last few years. They knocked us out of the playoffs one year when they made it to the semi or to the finals. 
And we beat them and beat them handily and had a really great game. Everything just came together. It was one of those moments as a coach that uh, even at halftime, it was like you just had that. I can't believe it's happening this well. <laughs> it was oh, it was it was a great it was a turning moment for us. And and for me as a head coach in my first year, it was it was a huge moment uh, in, in, in terms of creating that buy in. And then we went on to win a couple more and we won handily and won in really great fashion. And I think that that has really created some momentum into this spring. So I think we were starting to get it in the summer. We saw flashes of it throughout the early part of the season. Uh, we won our first ever true home game on our campus um, and then lost a couple more. And then I think really with that win against Ashland Greenwood, I think the guys began to buy in. And the tough reality there is that we had to get some wins before anybody was going to buy. And that's that's the way it is. And if you're losing, it's tough. And there's not – there's you can keep trying to win, but there's not much you can do for buying until you create some wins on the scoreboard. Yeah. So, so how do you, how do you convince the other coaches and players that your way is the right way? You know, especially if you're taking over a program that doesn't have a lot of, that hasn't had a lot of success or that, you know, needs a new direction when you're taking those losses early on, how do you get those guys to believe? Yeah, I think, I think the big thing that I have always tried to do is, is appeal to the fact that what we're doing is sound. Other people that you really respect are doing these things. This is something that we do that your favorite college team does, or this is something we do that this team that has been to the playoffs 20 years in a row, they do this kind of stuff. And I think we had to appeal just to their, um, to their, to their minds on the, on the sense that, we're doing things that are good. It's just not quite all coming together yet. And, and then also you got to help them really own it too. You know, like, okay, I'm saying we should do this. Are we really doing it? Are you really, did we really lose because we did everything exactly the way I said, and it came up short or are, or, or can you guys do more to buy into what we're doing? And is it a combination of me needing to get better as the head coach and you guys needing to follow me better? Um, that we really need, you know, and I think, I think we did some of that. We, we had a game or two when we had to really have a, a, a tough meeting on Monday and really call the team out and say, listen, we're open to your feedback, but right now you're not even, you're not even given the effort we need in order to get feedback, you know? And so um, those are some of the ways I think we, we continued to build some momentum and get some buy-in, even though we started the year one and five. Um, what would you say, in your first year as a head coach was maybe the most important thing that you learned about establishing your culture. And maybe you've hit on it already, but, uh, but if there's mm. something that we haven't talked about yet, what would be that most important thing that you learned? It's hard to maybe say the most important thing, but I think um, one of the things that I was intentional about from the start, because I, this is just the culture of our school, our bigger school community, and that is is really trying hard to communicate my vision uh, for where the team is headed well to the parents first. Um, in some ways, in today's society, the parents are your primary customer, <laughs> mm -hmm. and and you it, like you can fight that and you can get grumpy about that, or you can say, you know what, I'm going to embrace it and I'm going to try to communicate clearly to them first. And so. You asked most important lesson learned. I think that was effective for me on many fronts, not every front. I'm sure there are parents who were frustrated with my leadership or thought I didn't do a good job in particular areas. But generally speaking, I got really good feedback from the parents. And I think that goes a long way because those dinner table conversations 
sound different if mom and dad believe in you as the head coach. And you're much more likely to preserve what buy-in you have gotten from their son if he's having a bad day or frustrated with you. If those conversations are, are being led by parents who feel like you're doing a good job as the head coach. And so I think that might be one of the best things I did. And I do think there was good feedback and results there. Um, last question I got for you here. You, you mentioned uh, Tom Kite um, a, a couple times in this podcast. Are there any other references mm-hmm. that you would recommend for coaches who are looking to um, establish culture at a program? Well, yeah, uh, the Kites and Focus 3, those guys are really good. And Brian came, his son came here um, and did a thing for us. And I would I would connect with them in any way possible. Okay. I think a, a book that really got me thinking about how to own the process of being a leader that isn't a football book but will get you thinking is Extreme Ownership by uh, Jocko Willink, I think, and another uh, a Navy SEAL that I can't think of his name right now. But um, it's a really good book, and it's very compelling because it's from um, it, it's two Navy SEALs talking about how they learned the lessons of leadership and ownership uh, through combat, and it's uh, it's intense. It'll, it'll keep your attention. I've started my own thing called uh, the Culture Coordinator um, on Twitter, and we do a weekly chat. Uh, it's a Culture Cord chat. And uh, we've been trying to get people to, to interact on these things and talk about these things. And I'm hoping to get a website and a podcast going soon where we just talk about culture in general. Because, I mean, I'm in my first year and I'm, I'm now in my second year and just trying to get better and, and trying to um, share what I'm learning as I'm getting better with other guys that want to get better for the sake of their, their players. So um, those would be a few things that are out there that I think are really good. And, uh, you know, Randy Jackson's got the, a book uh, – uh, culture defeats strategy, I think is the way that one's titled. And, um, there's several out there, but just lots of really good stuff. Uh, real quick for coaches who do want to participate in your chat. Uh, when does that run each week? Yeah, it's Thursdays at 8 PM central and it's hashtag culture cord chat. And, uh, it's been, it's been good when we've had a chance, we've, we've gotten everything from, um, how to make the most of a recruiting visit from a college coach to what should your spreadsheet look like that you send the college coaches to um, how do you create culture in the weight room? How do you the, the culture you want in the weight room? Uh, this week's chat is going to be on some stuff that I got from Brian kite and um, just my takeaways from his time with our team. Um, so that's, that's kind of how we do that. Awesome. Well, th- this has just been tremendous uh, coach. Um, Got some really good insight this morning. I'm super excited about this episode. So thank you very much for giving us some time and uh, best of luck in the future. Yeah, thank you. You're more than welcome. I, I love this stuff. And uh, it's it's for the sake of the players so that they'll be you know great young men and great men someday in, in their community. And I think it's it's the most important thing about the program right, that, that, that I get to do every day. So thanks for your time. No doubt. Have a good one, Coach. You too. Our thanks to Coach Earl for joining us today. If you like what you heard, check out that Twitter chat that he mentioned and pick up his book, Same Game, Different Fame. And as always, come to the Huddle blog for more great coaching content. See ya!